happy to welcome you to the second episode of Season 2 of the Past Lives Podcast. In Season 1, I conducted several interviews with people who experienced past life recollections and shared what they have been through with us. If you're curious about how that went, please check the previous episodes from Season 1. After each of these interviews, we then shortly talked at the end about certain aspects of the Pratiloma past life regression method in order to get a better understanding of it. In the second interview I conducted with Eddie, he was talking about the importance of the emotional connections between people and that by strong connections with our dear ones, in his case with his best friend, when Eddie changed as a person, this also influenced his best friend at a subtle level and triggered a change in him too. At the end of uh, his uh, interview, I briefly talked about the different kinds of emotions and how they influence us. In today's episode, as promised, we will elaborate in a very detailed manner the topic of emotions and most importantly, how these influence our health. But first, let's listen again to the excerpt of the interview with Eddie in which he highlights the idea I mentioned earlier and then we'll just get back to the topic proposed for today. Can you give us such an example? It would be interesting to see, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for example, how did the roles of those people change in that past life that you recall? And if these people are present today, are, mm -hmm, do they have mm -hmm. the same roles? And yeah, so how is your interaction with them? When I was really, really young, I had uh, my best friend, mm -hmm. which we were um, uh, unseparated. Like it was something really magnetic that kept, kept us together. And mm -hmm. we... Um, Mostly it was toxic relationships, so it was not something... Oh, come. Very, <laughs> you said you, were, you yeah. had like a magnetic force between you guys in, yeah, because, in a toxic way. Because we cared for each other, but every time we were doing like something together, mm -hmm. um, mostly I had to pay some price. I see. It was like not him doing something necessarily wrong, but it, it ended up really bad. I, I can remember just like uh, to give you an example, mm -hmm. even after many years, he called me to meet him some some place uh -huh. and I got a, a parking ticket when I <laughs> met him. And it was like I haven't got for years a parking ticket because I, I respect the rules, but mm -hmm. I don't remember why. But just just to know, I was just meeting him. So it, it was really something mm -hmm. kind of strange. And all my family said, oh, whenever you're with him, something bad happens. Bad is happening. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then at some point, without uh, necessarily wanting to deal with this topic, mm -hmm. I um, accessed the life. Uh, it was like a war in Germany. We were like kids. And um, we were trying like to hide. We were friends. I immediately recognized him i was mm -hmm. sure that it's that it's friend him. and mm -hmm. there were also others that i couldn't recognize mm -hmm. but i've uh, from like a good reason one um directed all of them to hide in some place okay which ended 
up not to be the best place to hide for all of us. I see. So exactly like the same thing happened in this life with me and him. He always wanted mm-hmm. like the best, but whatever whatever we would do together would end up like. So the intention was good, but the yeah, results the results was were bad. not so good. And after I did this uh, regression and I, I understood this. Now I can have like a beer with him and uh, yeah, no, nothing bad happens as far as I, I could. We, we met lots of time and it was, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Because you cleared the yeah, understanding yeah, of yeah, that yeah, yeah, perspective yeah. or yeah. of that type of yeah. interaction. Do you think that uh, this type of experience can help to clarify conflicts and to improve relationship then? In this case? Yeah, I, f- I think it's um, a bit of rhetoric, this question now after, <laughs> after this, this what story. You told us. Even though, even though um, he doesn't know about this, about this regression experience, mm-hmm. um, most, most of the people I share with, but um, at some point in his life, uh, he and another friend of mine had like, um, I don't know, not pretty good experience in not with regression but in mm-hmm. uh, the same field and um, they are not open to listen so mm-hmm. I, I didn't talk but even in this way yeah things have changed also within him so yeah the question is okay. it's kind of uh, so basically without you telling him Yes. Something also changed in him yeah, because yeah. you managed to acknowledge the situation or yeah, the and, cause for the situation. And also we are pretty much connected when there's like so much emotional involvement mm-hmm. and yeah, we were like best friends for mm-hmm. maybe for lives, yeah. Uh-huh, I see. Not for 10, 10 15 years. 15 years, yeah. I see. So your connection goes way longer. Yeah, yeah. So imagine It crosses space and time. <laughs> exactly. As the same with family, when something good changes in you and you can see the, the results also in your family. Now, elaborating on that, by using the teachings from the master's book that teaches the Pratiloma method, and for a better understanding of how our previous lives affect our current life, it is helpful to have more knowledge about our psychic energies that we perceive as emotions. Emotional energy is an irresistible form of psychic energy. Emotions are energetical impulses which push push us into action. Well, this is certainly something that makes us think, considering that 90% of our decisions are based on how we feel. Sensible factor barely reaches a maximum of 10%. Surprisingly and potentially frightening what I just said now, but this is actually a fact. This is the actual reason for such a a big development of industries like marketing, uh, commercial industry, fashion, and mostly for the entertainment industry. The quality of our emotions reflects the state of our health and their intensity reflects the energetical level of the individual. These rather short energetical impulses reflect a rapport between the individual and their surroundings. 
Emotional reactions depend on the subconscious deposits and are oriented to the external events that trigger them. Emotions may be classified into four main groups, and now we're going to take a look at these four big groups. We have first the group of positive emotions, which push us to live. They are the ones that make us gain energy. Uh, these kind of emotions are, for example, happiness, love, gratefulness, gratitude, or thanksgiving are only a few of these emotions. Then we have a second group, the negative emotions, which are destructive and cause us to lose energy. Such kind of emotions could be loathing, anger, fear or grief. And then we have dual nature emotions, which set in motion ambivalent energetic processes. Some of these emotions are, for example, hope, culpability, bitterness, love, abandonment, heart-wrenching. And the last group that we have are the non-emotions, which are states which cannot have their own emotional content. Examples in this case would be aesthetics, I mean the sense of aesthetics, restlessness, curiosity or, or wonder. The first two contrasting emotional processes include different quality feelings that affect us in different ways. For example, emotions that resonate with a superior level of our subconscious enlarge our view of the world and we become more active and more creative. We gain enduring reusable resources if we apply proper methods. The most important effect of positive emotions is the fact that they prolong our lifespan, which offers us the chance to come closer to understanding life and its value. The purest form of vitality is the feeling of joy. Joy is a vital factor. We can feel joy for whomever or about whatever. We can gain vital force from anything joyful. Negative emotions, on the other hand, they trigger certain reactions and slow down the thinking process. They lift barriers right from the start. In time, they also weaken the immune system, therefore it negatively affects the entire body. Negative emotions occur when all traumas are reactivated and they lower the accuracy of perception as well as the analytic thinking processes. In a way, they predefine the ending of the situation, already from the beginning. From the following account, we can easily understand that negative emotions and their dissolution determine our biochemical processes. In this respect, and I have a study here which I would like to share with you, uh, from Professor Dr. Gates from the United States, which led a series of experiments in this field. Dr. Gates' findings were very conclusive and were published back in 1879 in the Western Medicine. Professor Gates' subjects were kept totally relaxed and their breath was precipitated in an ice tube. After five minutes, Professor Gates had the subject exposed to certain situations, meant to trigger strong negative feelings. Then, Professor Gates compared the two result samples and found that the second sample presented some important chemical differences, namely its color and its consistency. After a while, the second sample changed its color to brown and became denser. Professor Gates prepared an extract from the sample, so from the second batch, and found that if given to people and, or an and animals, 
they would become restless or they would become agitated or have a sense of discomfort. At that time, the scientific community knew nothing about the stress hormones and their effects. I mean, this study was done in 1879, yeah, quite a while back. Um, I quote, After I had conducted a series of experiments in my research, I concluded that feelings like upsetness or other negative feelings in general produce toxic chemicals that are poisonous for the body. On the contrary, positive feelings and thoughts like joyfulness and love trigger the self-cure mechanisms. Wrote Professor Dr. Gates 130 years ago. Actually, even more than that. This being said, it's not surprising that after the processing of traumas, positive feelings become predominant, which lead to major psychological and physical changes. Negative emotional waves narrow and destroy the individual's decision-making and their freedom of acting. Negative emotions consume a great deal of energy, which explains the close link between the negative feelings and the mortality rates. This, too, reflects the fact that the quality of our everyday life emotions give us the quality of the life we live as we act and make decisions depending on the feelings we experience stronger. All the above become even more worrisome when we consider the fact that our emotional reactions can also be explained by factors that are unknown to us too. There have been many experiments conducted trying to show that subconscious emotional reactions do exist. Experts were looking for answers improving that subconscious emotions exist, and the most conclusive findings were the trauma-related phobias. However, this does not mean that their findings were negligible for less intense emotions. I would like to give you a few more examples in this case. <coughs> in some experiments, image Images showing spiders and snakes were projected to subjects who suffer from such phobias, as well as to control groups with subjects who didn't suffer from these phobias. Initially, the images were shown for a longer period of time so that the phobic subjects would consciously recognize the triggers, but then, after a short break, a series of neutral images were displayed, but within these images were inserted the phobic images for only 30 milliseconds by the process of layering. This was deliberately done so that the subjects wouldn't consciously recognize the phobic images. However, in spite of them not consciously seeing those images, the phobic subjects immediately reacted by presenting symptoms as accelerated pulse or sweating. These findings have shown that individuals are often overwhelmed by subconscious triggers of emotions. Thinking and acting emotions dictate not only our behavior, but also how we identify the situation and process the information, as well as our decision-making process. It is of the utmost importance to mention that all these abilities that we use in our everyday life get distorted by our emotional state. Since emotions are, in fact, impulses for action, they will only produce reactions in accordance to their quality. Hence, unfavorable situations make us angry and we start blaming others. Fear blocks information acquisition 
irritability makes us intolerable and so on. So it just triggers a chain reaction basically. We can say that people pay more attention to things that are harmonious than to their momentary emotions. Therefore, people lead and influence theirs and other people's lives through their own emotional states, whether these are positive or negative states. The load of energetical blockages is gradually increased by the negative emotional energies resulted from this distress. Thus, there is a great potential of latent vital force in our emotional blockages containing these compressed negative emotions. Or these compressed negative emotional loads, actually. Each distress loads the energetic blockages more through the patterns of behavior resulted from trauma. In other words, each negative emotion increases the energetic blockage and strengthens the negative pattern of behavior. To all intents and purposes, energetic blockages are nothing but malign tumors in the energetic system which feed off of negative emotions and weaken the energies in other parts of the body, in our organism. Our will to live, our life goals, our ability to solve problems will decrease in intensity with the same ratio as the negative energy load present in our emotional energy blockage. Based on our Patilomayana practice, we managed to map out the body to indicate the body parts where negative energies are present. And now I would like to highlight to you a set of examples. If you feel like a predominant uh, feeling of hate and anger, this could be located as a blockage in the head. For the case of pride, this is located in the forehead. For sadness, in the eyes. If the emotional uh, predominance is fear, this would be located in the back of the neck. Suppressed anger in the throat. Feelings of guilt are located in shoulders, in the shoulders area and in sexual organs. Sadness in the chest. Abandonment in the heart. Bitterness in the pancreas. A feeling of being pressured. It would be felt in the back. Generally, the feeling of fear can be felt in kidneys and, and in the stomach as a blockage. The feeling of being horrified would be felt in the hips, arrogance in the knees, shame in the legs, and again, uh, fear also, as I mentioned earlier, in the stomach. Once the traumas uh, had been processed and the trapped feelings had been released there would be the changes felt in the body, in the specific uh, locations where these um, emotional loads are stored as blockages. So this basically has a consequence that if these blockages are released, then also the area of the body where the blockages were before, it would also feel better. Oftentimes there are visible physiological changes in the body. After the blockage was unlocked and the emotions were released, there can be observed abundant vascularization in the area where the blockage had been located. Injuries suffered in previous lives may manifest as darker spots on the skin or even scars which would disappear within a few days. 
I would like to leave you today with the following food for thought. If the blockages are completely unlocked and the energies are released, a spectacular regeneration takes place even if there were more serious distortions in the organism. In such situations, the vital force that had been distorted and blocked transforms itself into positive emotional energies or pure, unaltered vitality. Each successful unlock improves our vitality with the same amount as the energy that gets released. So, if you want to try it out for yourself, or to find out more about it, or simply if you have any questions or would like to share your own experience in this respect, please drop a line at the email which I noted in the commentary section for today's episode. And as always, thank you for being with me today too. I'm looking forward to welcome you again next week for a new episode in which we will talk about different therapy methods used in modern psychology and psychoanalysis, about their advantages and disadvantages, and we will also stop to look at ways in which the Pratiloma method is different. I wish you a nice week ahead. Join me next time.